31. You're listening to Nadia. And I've got my very special guest, Rebecca, in the uh, studio. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Nadia. <laughs> um, it's actually Becca. We're going to call you Becca, aren't we? Because, yeah, that's fine. Less formal. <laughs> um, so Becca's come in to the studio today to do some nutrition tips for us. So how are you getting on this morning? Are you, are you happy to be here? I am over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't sarcasm. She's here. She's um, I'm a dietitian and I specialize in plant-based or sustainable diets. I also work with patients with eating disorders, but today we're going to specialize in the plant-based area. Um, so I thought we'd start with talking maybe about veganuary. That's mm-hmm. just ended yesterday. And on last count, I saw 400,000 people uh, signed up to it. Were you one of them? Oh, <laughs> I bet there's lots of you out there that did <laughs> sign up to it. And if you were, are you going to carry it on now that it's February? Or have you just been like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done with that? Because it was also dry January too, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? So it's complete mix. Quite a lot of restriction in January. <laughs> I know. I don't know why we do that to ourselves in January. Because it's, it's one of the cruelest months, isn't it? It's cold. Oh, my God. <laughs> Allow yourself some food, people. <laughs> I know. Eat something in January. Um, okay, so we're going to start off. I've got a few questions. So one question that came in was, um, what's the best advice for a healthy, sustainable diet? So very open. Yeah, so we're going to start off broad. Yeah. Um, so I thought, assuming that this person who's asking this question is currently eating an omnivore diet, yep. first thing you can do is have a look at your meat intake and look at if you could reduce that, either by um, having meat-free days or one meat-free meal, or even just swapping to fish, first of all, if that feels more achievable. Um, then you could have a look at what you're eating fruit and veg-wise. Are they coming from... New Zealand or South America or is it coming from the local farm shop and you know where it's um, sourced so then maybe you could look at having more local seasonal products Um, for things like air travel the things that will be most likely to be traveled by plane are uh, berries salad things quite delicate foods so maybe try and reduce those if you can and increase the root vegetables the things that are more sturdy (laughs) and hardy because they can be traveled by boat so it's a lower carbon footprint um think about whether you can have um yeah plant-based alternatives so um instead of having your protein coming from meat and fish or eggs or animal products think of if you could try having um try new new things tofu uh, there's so many plant-based alternatives now like um tofurky (laughs) (laughs) they all have the most bizarre names and corn and all of these things there's so many brands out there now so give some a try and see if you like them and if you don't go back to what they did in the 70s have your beans (laughs) have your lentils (laughs) and make them taste maybe a little less bland and i guess we're not saying uh kind of it's a mixture it depends what your diet's like isn't it it's you know it's nice to replace a certain number of things we're not saying you have to go completely meat free or anything like that but anything you can do I think do you know what from my because I'm not a nutritionist but I think people just have a misconception that there's one rule that fits all Mm-mm. and suddenly no, this no. will this will fix everything and <laughs> there is no work. magic pill I'm so sorry everyone the <laughs> if you tuned bubble. in for the magic pill it's not here I'm sorry, today I don't have it it's not in my <laughs> not on my hand um, so no it's it's actually quite um, simple in a way yeah but um, because it's quite uh, old school ways of thinking I guess you just have. <laughs> your standard food mm. that isn't anything special there aren't any magical elixirs so yeah yeah it's not okay. the most interesting so thing I, I guess, guess yeah <laughs> no it is interesting people love to talk about food so i guess this question leads on from this one so mm-hmm. how can you um do this type of thing on a budget that is interesting because i think it's 
for me it seems a bizarre concept that people think that veganism is a rich person's diet and is really mm -hmm. um f for the elite because actually some of the cheapest foods are naturally vegan so if you want a very simple meal that contains something like rice and beans i mean that would you can buy those in bulk mm -hmm. the price of those is very very low and mixed together they are what we call a complete protein so it has all of your essential amino acids the same as like the animal products like meat and that would have so that's a great start yeah cheap 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 think about vegetables where you're getting them from are you buying organic um or are, you know are you buying frozen could you buy um frozen tin mm -hmm. things yeah. like that they can be just as nutritious um as you know freshly produced yeah. organic stuff um so think about what yeah where you're getting those sort of things from because that that's the same for anyone that's not just for veganism just have a yeah. look at things like that and then think do you need to replace everything do you need to have the yeah. exact same um cheese product or could you use a different fat in that dish mm -hmm. do you need to have um the meat substitute like i was just saying that all those branded packages or could you just try some some beans or something that replaces the protein yeah. in that meal like because there's a lot of things that would be much cheaper ways of doing it mm -hmm. it's tricky isn't it because i think with any diet you go on you always think oh it's going to cost me a lot of money to do but you just have to kind of be thoughtful about it don't you in prep and i think that's my my worst thing is i hate prepping mm -hmm. so i'm kind of like oh i never get around to it but i think um, everyone out there would probably have the same issue wouldn't they i think it's the same with any diet though yeah. if you weren't prepping it's always going to cost more yeah because you're buying instant made food yeah. that's pre-packaged and someone else has had to make it for you so you're paying for that yeah that's not just specific to veganism that's yeah thing. <laughs> and it's a i still think we should go back to that fact that four hundred thousand people signed up to veganuary like that is amazing when i did it five or six years ago i think it was two thousand so yeah. they have done incredibly well okay <laughs> we're gonna move on to um a couple more questions and this is probably what everybody loves asking but they never <laughs> think they should yes. so it's all about weight loss yes we all know that especially in january we get to that point where we go right i'm gonna lose a few pounds from all the all the stuff i ate so the first one here is actually a very simple one around how much sugar and how much carbs should we have in our diet and what's the maximum limit yeah so that's a sensible question because i think there's a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of people trying to promote very low carbohydrate diets but actually the nhs and dietitians and the british dietetic association still think that the research shows that um 50 of our diet should be carbohydrates and of that no more than five percent should be what we call free sugars mm -hmm. so those are things like added sugars um excuse me they're not things like lactose that you find in milk because you don't need to get rid of that it's more just things like um sugar sweetened beverages so like all of the coca-colas fantas mm -hmm. those sort of things and um yeah anytime you're adding sugar into any food so that should be no more than five percent and that's if you look at your total calories so um if you were having say 2000 calories a day which was the average um amount for um, an adult woman then you'd want only five percent of that to be right okay the sugar yes and half of it so a thousand calories could be any kind of carbohydrate so that could be starch or fiber um or obviously some of those sugars yeah gosh so interesting when you get into the nitty-gritty of it and actually sugar's in everything isn't it i cut out sugar a few months ago um it was over the summer and i didn't realize how much it was in everything that well you they eat. even add it into things like pasta sauces yeah <laughs> so yeah. things that you probably wouldn't expect it to be but things like that it you don't need to cut out every single yeah. piece of sugar it's just about being mindful yeah um because i think that's come from the fact that we have an obesity epidemic and um 
can be things like excessive intakes of sugar, especially in liquid form. Mm. That means that people can then become overweight because they haven't actually taken those calories into consideration. So if you drink loads of calories, your your body isn't then thinking, oh, do you know what? I um, need to have less food. Oh, so you're, what you're saying is you then end up drinking all the sugary drinks and then eating your normal diet. Yes. So you're taking so you're in double the calories. Extra. Yeah, got yeah. you. So interesting. <laughs> um, okay, and on from that, guys, this is a big question. I'm sure everybody wants to know. <laughs> what is a healthy alternative to chocolate? I is found this a one? really interesting <laughs> question because actually is chocolate unhealthy yeah is is it necessary please say no as part oh, of yes. a healthy balanced diet yeah if you're having a piece of chocolate absolutely fine mm. if you're having twenty thousand chocolate bars a day obviously not fine. yeah you've got to find a bit in the middle so i had a little think about what healthy alternative would be and it really depends on what you're looking to do are you looking to reduce your sugar intake in which case there's loads of sugar mm-hmm. uh, free chocolates out there are you looking to reduce your fat intake Again, I'm sure there's low-fat chocolates out there. Um, Or think about, do you usually have hot chocolate or something out? Could you make that yourself and have it in one of these lovely containers like you have here? I've got one of these um, bamboo (laughs) eco-friendly traveling uh, mugs. (laughs) This is what she's pointing at. You can't see it. Um, Could you make it with cocoa powder? Then you know how much sugar you're putting in. If you're trying to reduce fat, could you use semi-skimmed milk Mm -hmm. instead of whole milk? Um, and then not add syrups and creams and things like that to it. Um, and then you've made a healthier version of a chocolate product. Um, other things I thought of was cacao nibs. So those are like okay. the cocoa bean. Cacao just means it hasn't been heated. Right. So cacao is just raw. Cocoa is heated. That's it. That's the only difference. They're the same bean. But cacao nibs, they're just broken up parts of the cocoa oh. bean. They haven't got anything added. So could you add those to things? Sprinkle it on your mm-hmm. cereal. Make it taste a little bit like you've got that naughtiness. Yeah, that it's that naughty there, treat after. But hasn't got all of the, the sugar yeah. added things to it. And on that, do they, because um, often they say, don't they, that it needs to be like 70% chocolate. Mm-hmm. It, is that better? Is it better to have one that's kind of 70 to 85% proper? Well, if you think of it's higher percentage cocoa, then it's going to be less percentage other things. Yeah. So that's really it. Okay, that's really so good be to know. Less milk, less sugar, less yeah. something else. Got you. So that's the only reason why. Although sometimes it doesn't taste as nice. So I'm like, <laughs> no. It's so interesting because I, I work be for the so dog's trust. So you'll have the tiniest little bit of it. Yeah. That'll be reducing oh, yeah. it. <laughs> I, um, as some of you know, I actually work for the dog's trust and uh, dogs obviously can't have chocolate. Yeah. But what's really interesting is when cho- when dogs often have a dairy milk, people panic. Mm. But actually, it's not got hardly any actual mm. chocolate in it that's harm- harmful to them, mm-hmm. which is telling. Uh, so d- definitely don't ever give your dog chocolate. But it's just interesting that it's so much lower in actual chocolate. Yeah. Okay, so let's ask you another question. So this one's more around growing trends. And as you, if you're into nutrition or even if you're kind of new to understanding your diet, there's so many trends every year that come out and you're just never sure what's good and what's bad. So this one's around fermented foods. And in your opinion, it's a growing trend, but is it good? Is fermented food good for you? Um, Should we be eating it? So this is one of the few trends that dietitians will say, great. We are so happy about this one. A lot of the other ones are questionable, <laughs> but this one we're really pleased about because actually we've, as a 
human race have been eating fermented foods for like thousands of years yeah um and actually it's just another way of getting in probiotics mm-hmm. which you probably see in supplement form oh um, yeah i even take them i think right yes yeah, so acidophilus and stuff i yeah. take yeah I, <laughs> there's many many long names <laughs> oh, that i'm no. not gonna quote <laughs> sorry or probably remember <laughs> um so they are what's in your fermented foods got you um and but that's in a slightly different form because you're also getting the fiber and you're also getting the nutrients mm-hmm. from the food so it's even better we'd always promote fruit food first yeah so that you're not having to take endless supplements every day um so yeah we're happy what, about that what types <laughs> of foods are fermented for anyone that's listening that doesn't have a clue what a fermented oh, yeah, food that's is a very good question <laughs> we are just talking about nonsense those <laughs> yeah. sorry what we mean by fermented um so these are things that you might have heard of from other countries like um sauerkraut coming from places like poland and mm-hmm. um, we've got kimchi from korea and um, we've got things like uh miso and tempeh which are coming from asia like we've got it coming from all different parts of the world okay in the uk i guess you could count yogurt <laughs> oh really as a because it has probiotics is it in. all yogurt though or it's probably some... well so this is an interesting one it only becomes a probiotic um if it has a third bacteria added so yogurt needs two to make the yogurt and a third or more means it's then a probiotic that's amazing see it's all this stuff you just don't know when you're (laughs) buying your food very specific can you make your own fermented foods or is it quite complicated my dad makes his own um what's it called now kefir oh okay he gets his little kefir grains and creates some kind of fermented milk mixture wow yeah so interesting it does look bizarre (laughs) okay so leading on from this question which foods are best for your gut microbiome um so let's just go through what actual gut microbiome is i guess yes let's do that say what that means first so that means all of the good bacteria that in your gut um so you need those because they do loads and loads of functions within there they have um your gut is where you produce a lot of your serotonin which is like a happy hormone um it deals with a lot of your immunity so when you get loads of colds and stuff and we've also seen research that it can impact your sleep so loads of good things there um so you need to have a prebiotic so one letter different from okay, a so probiotic. Pro- so, I t- so I take probiotic, so yes. a pre. So a probiotic is the good friendly bacteria yeah. that you want in there, but you need to give them some food. Ah, so, makes so much sense. So their little food is a prebiotic. Wow, got you. And that you'll find in so many things. Um, you might see the word inulin written or resistant starch or lactulose or FOS. F, like capital FOS um, or even GOS, capital G O S. And that can be found in loads of the foods that we've been saying for centuries mm-hmm. people should eat fruits, vegetables, right. legumes, nuts, whole grains. So you'll all find it in all of those things. So interesting. Okay, right. We're going to have a little break for a bit before we come back with some more questions around sports nutrition. We've also got some more weight loss questions and some specific things. great having you in and i think it's really nice to do a session all about food and nutrition because the last couple of weeks i've done different uh, interviews with different people and i've also had some live music and uh, in the next couple of weeks i've also got someone coming on to talk about mental health so it's kind of like a, a holistic view of what we should do to get healthy so 
we're going to go into some more questions for becca and some of these are actually there's a real variety here and some are linked to kind of sports nutrition some are very specific so let's just go into it so a listener let's just go so a listener has been encouraged by her pt to go low carb what are your thoughts on this is low carb the way to go so just first of all pt is personal trainer. oh yes personal trainer. Usually get those i've got gyms. the lingo <laughs> just so we're clarifying that um so and again explaining where i'm coming from versus a pt so a pt um is about a six-week course and it covers all of the things that they would do in the gym plus nutrition okay a dietitian has to do a four-year degree uh quite different levels of knowledge there yeah um so this question really baffled me because i don't actually know yeah where they've got this low carb information from because okay. there isn't the science behind it i can presume it's come from the paleo and keto yeah. people who think that low carb is best but there just isn't the science there and i just wanted to clarify what carbs are mm-hmm. um so carbohydrates cover fiber starch and sugars okay so i presume no pt would be telling you to cut out fiber yeah that no. would be madness um so i think they're still allowing you that yeah <laughs> i think they're probably trying to get you to reduce sugar more than anything which as we said earlier that's great if you get it down to the five percent of your calories fantastic mm-hmm. but carbs the starchy carbs is what i think they're trying to reduce there isn't enough scientific what evidence would you that. what's a starchy carb is that like pasta and bread, bread? Okay. rice things like that things that look beige ah, <laughs> beige foods the beige buffet <laughs> so as i said earlier we recommend as dietitians based on the current scientific evidence that it should be 50 percent of your total intake for the day and um, that's because it's slow release energy mm-hmm. so it keeps you your body but also your brain fueled your, yeah the way that your brain is fueled is from glucose which is a carb and also what's interesting is people always use the term hangry which obviously yeah. isn't scientific but it's kind of you know maybe that's down to if you've got too low carb I, my brain doesn't function you yeah. know i need lots of water and lots of good carbs though good yes. carbs. so there are good i guess we don't tend to use the words good and bad as okay. dietitians but i think what you mean by that is um good carbs would be things like whole grains maybe okay. slow yeah. release carbs if you've heard of gi yep. so low gi it releases that glucose slowly into your blood right. whereas bad carbs i'm using in she's using commas, air quotes <laughs> <laughs> um would be things like quick release so sugars and things like that that's okay. what i presume is the good and is that why i've gone off a piece here but is that why if you have kind of sugars like you have a chocolate bar or something and mm-hmm. then you get a huge surge in energy and excitement yes. and then you get that massive dip because it's just that will be the glucose getting into your blood mm-hmm. high crash yeah no so one you want to know about crash. the speed of that glucose Ooh, that's scary. it okay so this is more of a, it's a buzzword so superfood is a massive buzzword and um firstly what would you class as a superfood and then the second part of this listener's question is what are some cheap alternatives to these superfoods air quote <laughs> <laughs> okay so good use of air quotes there because superfood not a scientific term no this is a marketing wow. term um so there's no science behind a food being super or i guess the alternative would be not super that's <laughs> so interesting <laughs> so it's used to sell you foods yeah. that they want you to buy yeah <laughs> it's used um i think mainly for quite expensive fruits and vegetables that are shipped in from a long long way away um and so look all exotic and new and interesting gotcha. but actually i did a session um with my um, patients with eating disorders the other week so if they're listening they'll be able to tell you the answer to this we looked at things like cabbage 
had as much of the nutrients that you need as like wheatgrass or whatever the superfood uh. was blueberries was another superfood but i think an apple had more vitamin c so it's just i'm afraid it's nonsense so it is a buzzword it's really. a buzzword uh, it's a fad i'm yeah. sorry <laughs> but it does i mean it sounds like it's just good fruits and vegetables like you can get all the micronutrients which are your vitamins and minerals yeah. that you need from fruits and vegetables amazing and i'm going to ask you a question that's not on this list on <gasps> fruits and vegetables dun, dun, dun. Uh, are you meant to have more vegetables than you are fruit i don't know if there is an actual consensus ah, about okay. that but um the five a day message that we have in the uk is the minimum okay it's not a goal yeah fortunately our statistics show that it's not even an achievable goal yet for most of the population but it's a minimum recommendation and generally i would say two fruits three veg because that's easier to fit in yes, your day that way you could have them the veg usually at your meal times and two fruit as snacks okay um but there is no rule that's in so that interesting sense. isn't it oh i'm loving this learning <laughs> okay so this is another one this is about what nuts are best for a healthy brain function so that's a good question that is more to do with the omega-3s that they have in them so those Uh, are the good fats that you also hear about being in fish okay but this is just a non-fish source of them and so that's mainly in walnuts and the way i remember that is walnuts look a little bit like a brain oh easy (laughs) it's like a little tip i love it that looks like a brain i shall eat it for my brain (laughs) amazing okay um and then obviously we live in england Yes, and a lot do. of the time it's very dark and it gets dark very early so it's dark when you wake up and it's dark when you get home from work so are there any natural sources of vitamin d other than sunlight that we can get the d from so in the uk as you said we don't get enough sunlight and also what's now happening is people are spending more time indoors mm-hmm. children aren't going out to play as much they're playing more on things like video games and computers and ah. whatever they have now mobile phones gosh i sound <laughs> You're like not an old, old person <laughs> <laughs> um so we all have low vitamin d levels right and actually especially people who have um more melatonin in their skin so would have darker skin mm-hmm. so um either brown or black colored skin they will be struggling even more from lack of um, vitamin d so we recommend that every single adult in the uk has a supplement of 10 micrograms per day of vitamin d um and that is based on science that's shown they've tested it in our blood and seen how much we have but if you would like to eat vitamin d in a food form of course you can it's in things like oily fish because it's um a fat soluble vitamin so it's in fats um, it's in things like red meat, liver. Is anyone still eating that? Oh. I'm not sure, but I'll tell you anyway. Egg yolks and um, some foods are fortified with it. Okay, interesting. And um, I, I always, I, I, this might just be me, but I sometimes find that my mood's very low in the winter because mm-hmm. it's quite dark. And would vitamin D help kind of increase mood? Is that? Yeah, so vitamin D has been linked, linked to serotonin, which we right. mentioned earlier being the happy hormone. Yes, that's right. See? Mm-hmm learning so much okay what i think we're going to do is we're going to play another song and i'm going to do the travel and then we'll come back for a bit of a quick fire round on some nutrition questions so um up next is um gwen mccray and this is one of those songs that kind of is a little bit motowny um a little bit bluesy so see what you think Should we do a bit of a quick fire? Let's go for it. Okay, great. Okay, quick fire. Best foods to cut out? None. <laughs> great. <laughs> 
brilliant best supplements to aid things like weight loss there's only one approved in the uk called allistat or ali ah. and what's your diet i eat a plant-based or vegan diet okay and uh, what do you do every day to make you feel good and healthy i meditate and i do the quick sun salutations from a yoga class great every day <laughs> overall what do you find tip wise because there's so many random questions and people have so many questions what do you think is the key to kind of having a good diet because i always worry that i overthink it yeah i think that's the biggest thing that i can possibly share knowledge wise is try not to get influenced too much by newspaper headlines mm -hmm. or social media influencers have a look at what they um what their qualifications actually are have they been to university have they studied a nutritional dietetics degree or have they just picked this up from um a newspaper or article somewhere that mm. they've read and then just gone with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> because sometimes that is what can happen there'll be one little study that's maybe done on one person or a mouse <laughs> yeah and then they'll just go with it <laughs> and give out lots of advice that you know could potentially be dangerous so yeah. just be aware that actually and i think i'm classic person that if someone tells me i've tried this diet and it's great i'm like okay yeah. i'm in great off i go and but then remember that it's not one diet fits all and actually i think a lot of the public feel that we're constantly changing our mind and changing our guidelines mm. but actually loads of our guidelines haven't changed for like the last 50 years so the things that they're reading is a journalist interpretation of science right or a social media influencers interpretation of yeah. the science so the actual science hasn't changed <laughs> that's so interesting isn't it and everyone's got their own personal preference as well kind of and yes. your own beliefs about yeah. what you should be try doing try and enjoy what you eat is all i can oh, say oh what a, that is the best <laughs> tip to end on just try and enjoy what you eat and i think that level of guilt that people get mm. when they eat it's like as long as you're kind of everything's moderation and things yeah I mean, that's great but thank you so much for joining me oh, on the thank show you for having you've me. had some really brilliant tips phoenix fm